0: Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Kudajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. Today, I want to discuss the Mets signings of Albert Almora Jr. and Jonathan VR, and why, while they may not be top names on the market, I think that they can provide solid depth for the Mets this season. In the second half of the show, I want to go over the recent agreements between the MLBPA and the MLB regarding safety and the rules that will be in place this season and tell you guys my thoughts on all of them. Now, before we begin, I just want to let you all know that I am on Twitter, at PodMets. On this Twitter, I post updates and news about the podcast and love to interact and talk Mets and baseball with fans like you. So head on over and be sure to follow at PodMets on Twitter. So, this past Sunday, the Mets signed Albert Almora Jr. He is 27 years old, and he previously played for the Chicago Cubs. Over his five year career, he has hit 271 with a 309 on base percentage, a 398 slugging percentage for an OPS of 707. 2016 to 2018 were his best years at the plate, where he hit 289, 326, 412 for a 738 OPS, and he only played 47 games in 2016, which also might. Help the numbers a little bit, but he has struggled the past two seasons. He's only hit 230, 270, 366 for a 636 OPS. Although, again, he only played 28 games last season, which could also hurt the numbers a little bit. In the outfield, however, he is great. He has eight defensive runs saved and 11 total runs above average with a 991 fielding percentage. So, really, he is a defensive first player, and I think that's what the Mets are signing him for. So I talked about him a little bit in the past when the Mets were first connected to El Jr. And I mentioned a writer who described him as a Juan Lagares type. So he's someone who, you know, has flashes at the plate, can at times give you some production from the plate, but you're mostly signing him and having him on the team as a defensive player. He's someone you can slot in late in games, maybe the 7th inning on to really just cover center field. And I think that's probably what the Mets were thinking when they signed him. Because right now, there really is no indication on the DH, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more in the second half. But because of this, the Mets are now in a weird position where they want to upgrade center field, but they also want to keep Nimmo in the lineup, Dom Smith in the lineup. And the Mets really can't find a way to upgrade center field without taking out either Nimmo or Smith from the lineup. You know, if you get a center fielder, then you move Nimmo over to left. Now Smith doesn't have a spot to play, or Pete Alonso doesn't have a spot to play. And so with this signing, the Mets are able to upgrade center field in a more depth type of way, where they now have the upgraded center field defense on the bench, who they can slot in later in the games. So last time I talked about Albert Almora Jr., I thought, okay, if the Mets are looking for more of a defensive first center fielder, why don't they go for Jackie Bradley Jr.? This was before Springer signed, however, so, already I was pushing for the Mets to go for Springer instead of Almora Jr. or Jackie Bradley Jr. And that was also way before it came out that Jackie Bradley Jr. is looking for a four plus year deal, which will ultimately be fairly expensive. So, I like this signing because it's not putting all their eggs in the Jackie Bradley Jr. basket. They're not paying a lot of money for a player who, again, is more defensive first. He's not as prolific at the plate. So, I think that. This is a good move by the Mets. They got a cheaper center fielder, someone who can play really well on defense, and who knows, if somehow or at some point the DH is implemented before the beginning of the season, maybe the Mets do go for Jackie Bradley Jr., and they just have another solid outfield depth piece on their bench. So I do really like this signing. I think in the past, I was not a big fan of it, but as time goes on, things change, and I think. That this is a nice move for the Mets to ensure that they've got some good defense on the bench and someone that they can slot in when they need to. So, moving on, yesterday the Mets signed utility man Jonathan VR. He is 29 years old, and over his eight year career, he has a slash line of 259, 327, 400 with a 727 OPS. Last season, he had a down year with Miami and Toronto, he hit 232. 301, 292 with a 593 OPS. However, in 2019, he had a really solid full season with the Baltimore Orioles. He hit 274, 339, 453 for a 792 OPS, and he also hit 24 home runs and had 73 RBIs. Another important thing to note is that he brings a lot of speed to the Mets. In 2019, he had 40 stolen bases, and he also stole 16 bases last season during the shortened 2020 season. As I said before, he is a utility man. Throughout his career, he has played almost everywhere, including second base, third base, shortstop, and the outfield. And while his stats on the field are not exactly superstar level, this level of versatility is really important for the Mets. He can be brought in for any player. And again, this is just like Almora. It is another solid depth move for the Mets. So having VR on your bench means you can put him in at any point. For virtually any player on the field, you can put him in as a pinch runner. As I said, 40 stolen bases during the full 2019 season and 16 last year during the 60-game season. So he's got a lot of speed. I think that will probably be what will be important for VR for the Mets. I think that I would assume since he did have a down season at the plate. He's going to be more used probably for that speed, pinch runner role. But also, he could be a very solid guy to put at the plate. If he hits like he did in his full 2019 season, bounces back, he's got a high upside. And I think that is a very important piece of this move. He is a high upside depth piece. Someone who can play anywhere whenever the Mets need him. And someone who can come off the bench. He can hit for some power. He can run really quick. So again, like Elmora, I really like this move. I think. That especially with trading away Andres Jimenez, the Mets do need some more speed on this team. So having a speedster like VR is really, that's something that really stands out to me as his speed. So I really like this move. Again, I really like the Almora move. I think that the Mets made two good depth signings and they're still a decent amount below the luxury tax line. So it'll be interesting to see what the Mets do with the rest of their offseason. I know Andy Martino said that this week is going to be a big week for depth moves for the Mets. So maybe a lot of that extra space that they have is going towards adding some depth in the pitching departments, whether that be starting pitching or bullpen, maybe some more fielders. So I don't know. But I really like these two moves because I think they both, I think Almora too has upsides. So I think Almora and VR both have good upside, they can both provide a certain skill set, whether that be defense with Almora or speed hitting and versatility with VR. I like both of these signings, and I think these are good moves for the Mets. So before I get into the MLB and MLBPA agreements that went down yesterday, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to be right back. Alright, and welcome back. So now I want to get into the most recent MLB and MLBPA agreement that really is just a general overview of how this season is going to go. So yesterday, the MLB and MLBPA agreed to a deal regarding the health and safety terms for the season. And this includes details of testing, having safety officers to enforce safe interactions and that people are following the safety guidelines, rules for a code of conduct to ensure the safety of the players, and a bunch of other details to ensure that the MLB does not have any outbreaks of COVID and that all the players stay safe. One big thing to note in this deal is that it includes 7-inning doubleheaders as well as extra innings starting with a runner on 2nd, which we saw in the shortened 2020 season. Also, there is a 26-man active roster which extends to 28 in September, and there is no universal DH. So, my thoughts on this entire situation I really was not a fan of the doubleheader and the extra inning rules last year. I thought the doubleheaders were all right, but again, I obviously prefer nine-inning baseball games, but I really did not like the extra inning rules. I think that it really put the home team most of the time at a big disadvantage because... You know, if the, at the top half of the inning, if the away team scores the guy from second, now the home team is automatically having to play down. And again, while they have a runner on second, I think that there is sort of a mental side of things where you're playing from behind versus you're playing while you're tied to go for a win. I don't know. I think maybe that's just me as a fan watching, but I really was not a big fan of having the extra inning rules. And again, the seven inning doubleheader sort of stinks because it's just a quick game and you know, if you're down in the fifth inning, normally you'd have, you know, four more innings to come back, but now you only have two. So that's just something, in my opinion, that I was not a big fan of it last year. However, despite all of that, I do understand that this is done out of player safety, the shorter double headers, the man on second. It's all done to keep games quick so that players are not out with each other as long you know, with double headers, you're playing two games. So having shorter double headers ensures that the players are not with each other as much, and having a easier way to score in extra innings makes sure that games don't go on for 15, 16, 17 plus innings. It keeps them quick. You know, keeps them. Within, you know, three extra innings or so, you know, go on to the 12th inning and that's probably as long as it'll last, you know. I mean, obviously it can last a lot longer, but, you know, I I wouldn't expect it to last too long with with a man on second. So the idea is to get these games done as quick as possible so that these players are not interacting with each other a ton. The big thing I take away from all of this, though, is that there's still no DH, and I think if you're going to be bringing back the rules from last season, the DH is something that benefited a lot of teams and obviously would really benefit the Mets. I don't know if the DH is really necessary for safety, and that's probably why it wasn't included in this deal, but... The Mets really would benefit from the DH. They would be able to put Smith at first, Alonzo in the DH hole, and then you could put Nimmo in left. And then maybe you go, like I said before, and sign Jackie Bradley Jr. Or, you know, have Almora in center field. Or, you know, you know, the options for the Mets open up a lot more with a DH. So, looking at this deal, I'm not super excited about the seven-inning doubleheader rules or the runner on second during extra-inning rules, but I really do understand the need for safety, so I totally respect the decision of bringing those rules back. Obviously, the DH does not exactly do anything safety-wise, so I can understand why it wasn't there, but I'm really hoping that they do implement the DH because it would really benefit the Mets. So... There's still, you know, a week before pitchers and catchers report and a few weeks before spring training. Hopefully by then, maybe they've implemented the DH. I don't know. We'll see. But it just really would help the Mets give them a lot more versatility with what they want to do in their lineup. But we'll see. We'll have to see. So let me know what you think. Tweet me at PodMets on Twitter with any of your thoughts about the Mets signing Albert Almora Jr., Jonathan VR, the new agreements for the 2021 season. Let me know what you think. Send me any thoughts, opinions, questions about what I said or anything else about the Mets or baseball. I love to interact with everyone, so make sure to tweet me at PodMets on Twitter. So that is going to be it for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Like I just said, be sure to follow my Twitter, at PodMets, and be sure to follow the podcast wherever you listen so that you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and as always, let's go Mets!